0: All right, everybody, on this week's episode of Smarter Building Materials Marketing, we're going to be diving deep into data. Specifically, what are the marketing metrics that matter to your business in 2020? Beth and I give you some predictions for what data is actually going to help you fuel growth in the industry, as well as give you some really good indicators for the health of your business with your customer. It is a episode that's very near and dear to our hearts because Beth and I love data. We geek out on it all the time, and we're really excited to share with you a couple metrics that are really easy for you to measure, but will also bring big impact. Now with that, let's get into the episode.
1: Welcome to the Smarter Building Materials Marketing Podcast, helping you find better ways to grow leads, sales, and outperform your competition. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Williams and Beth Popnikoloff
0: all right everybody welcome to smarter building materials marketing where we believe your online presence should be your best salesperson i am zach Williams, alongside my co-host beth poppy and today we're going to be talking about the marketing metrics that matter in 2020 you know there's a lot of different metrics that you're probably looking at from your marketing especially digital and we're not saying that the metrics that we're going to be sharing with you today are more important It's actually a little bit of a different take. We're wanting to share with you the metrics that we see that are some of the biggest indicators for success as you're going through 2020 and even beyond that. Because the marketplace is changing, how your audience is finding and choosing materials is rapidly evolving. And there's a couple of metrics that we think that are important to just have an eyeball on and begin to have a pulse on as you evolve and follow your customer in their changing decision-making process.
1: There's a number of things that people are probably doing in 2020, Zach. We don't ever want to say that marketing is a one-size-fits-all. Obviously, your marketing plan should be unique to your product category, to where you are in your market, to your competitive advantage, on and on. But we feel like these specific metrics are applicable regardless of your marketing plan, which is why they're a great thing for us to talk about. So we don't have to worry about whether or not they're a fit for you because in digital, essentially across the board, at least two out of the three will be relevant to what people have planned in 2020.
0: But I'm so excited about this because you and I, because we do digital all the time, like live and data, like I read about data in my spare time because I find it fascinating, but most people like tune out. And so if you're one of those people that's like, oh my gosh, I'm going to tune out in this episode, please don't because this is like, honestly, it's for the most part, super, super easy to measure these things and we want to give you some really good context as to what does it mean and what does it say about your brand right
1: well and it also data is important because it takes that smoke and mirrors feeling out of marketing the age where marketers can tell you this is going to change everything and then we don't have to prove whether or not it did and we just try to convince you that it did change everything whether or not you can see it are over the data tells the story and that's why it's important to have these in mind. Also, there's just basically nothing I like better than data. So I'm really glad we're talking about it too. Give me awesome. all the data.
0: Give me all the data.
1: Give me, give it to me. <laughs> 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 so the very first metric we're recommending keeping an eye on in 2020 is your contact list and follower growth. Basically, the question to be answered is, is your list growing? So your contact list, if you're doing email marketing, there's probably some level of unsubscribes. We always want to see it below 1%, but there's going to be some level of unsubscribes throughout each email marketing campaign. And honestly, that's not bad. If you see a really high unsubscribe rate, there's definitely something to be investigated, but people self opting out and being like, you know what, this is not a good fit for me at this time. That's great. Let's concentrate on the people who it is a good fit for, but that should never actually decrease your list size. Because if you're doing proper promotion, there's opt-in opportunities on your website. You're asking people to sign up for your newsletter, download some type of valuable asset that's not just a product brochure. People are going to opt in. And the two things that this list growth or follower growth is telling you is one, is your content valuable? And two, do you understand your audience? If the answer to two is no, then the answer to one is also no. (laughs) (laughs) But people opt in for value. You'll hear us say that quite often. That's how you grow your list is by offering valuable content. If you feel like your list isn't up to where you want it, we would recommend starting by looking at the content offerings that you have and see where that needs to be tweaked.
0: Ben, I think you just killed that point. I think it was awesome. Yeah, you got it. I mean, the the only thing I would add to that It's just a very, very good indicator. Like If you look at follower growth on social or list growth in your email, it's a very good indicator for the pulse of how you're speaking to your audience. Like, Do they actually feel like you understand them? And if there's a positive correlation there, then you really start to see, okay, we're humming in our messaging. We're humming in our value offering. We're humming in the type of content we're producing. And if you're not seeing that, it doesn't necessarily mean you're, you don't understand your audience. It just might mean, as Beth pointed out, you might need to think about new ways to grow your list. Like You might need to think about new ways to introduce lead gen on your site or new ways to encourage people to share the content. Sometimes like we know, and I'll just, you know, peel back the curtain a little bit. There's people I know that say they won't share our newsletter with other people because they don't want other people to know how good it is. Like, (laughs) (laughs) so, so I'm sharing that with you to say you can't look at it face value and say, Oh, we don't have good follower growth. Our content stinks. That's not the case. You really have to peel back the curtain and say, Okay. Is it a messaging thing? Is it a content thing? Is there a Legion issue? Because what really matters looking beyond 2020? is growing your audience, growing your following, so that regardless of what changes happen in the channel and how products are sold, you always have a captive list of people who want to listen. That's that's what really, really matters. You want to make sure you have a a list that wants to listen. Having a group of people that's bought in and sold on your brand. Like we talk about this all the time. Like I think about Phil Scardino, Beth, Mm -hmm. who we had on the podcast, like, he's got a killer list and he's got killer content and if there's a change in the marketplace, his audience is going to follow him. He's not going to be disrupted because they know so much that he wants to help them. And so when he's looking at at his list, when he's looking at his following, it's most likely growing because he's got the pulse of the industry and he's got the audience to prove it. You know.
1: Yeah. The last thing I'll say here about this point, Zach, of is your contact list or your follower base growing is if it's not, The very first place I would look is where in the funnel does your content lie? And my assumption would be, or often the case is, if you are only offering bottom of the funnel content, so that's going to be things like brochure downloads or product information specific, you are missing out on a huge opportunity to capture leads higher in the funnel. So what is some more general high-level information that you could introduce about your product category, comparing your product to your competitors, getting people started, or just some general FAQs that would help people who are not ready to understand more about your product specifically, but do need to start their research journey, capture those leads and start nurturing them so that when they're ready for the sale, it's you that they're purchasing from.
0: All right. And the second marketing metric that you need to be looking at, and this is a very old metric that a lot of us are familiar with, which is why I am excited about it, because we're probably all already looking at it. It's direct visits. Direct visits to your website, meaning I have somebody that has literally typed into Google my website directly into it. The reason why this matters, and frankly, a lot of people overlook this metric is they're like, oh, direct visits are here. But what a lot of people don't know is that to Amazon and Google, the number one indicator for somebody is going to buy from you, that purchase intent, is if they know your name. So Beth, let me ask you, let me just put you on the spot. What is a gift that you want your husband to buy you or let's say you're going to buy your husband for Christmas this year?
1: Oh, I've, there's this ring from Catbird that I really want.
0: This ring from Catbird? Mm-hmm. Okay, so great. You are proving my point right now. So you didn't say there's this ring there's this ring from this brand, right?
1: Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And
0: so you're probably going to either A, take a link, send it to your husband and say, I want you to buy this.
1: That's exactly what I did.
0: Oh, that's exactly what you did. Your husband's going to literally go to Google and go cat bird, ring. Yep. Or, and, <laughs> and he'll probably I take the and-
1: guesswork out of it. I'm not one for subtle hints.
0: <laughs> so if you want to buy Beth <laughs> a gift for this podcast... Just send them a note. No, Just so, ask me.
1: I'll, I'll send you the very specific cat Bird link.
0: <laughs> so, but you're proving my point here because the fact that you know the exact brand, the exact product, the likelihood that you're going to buy is very high. And if you look at your, let's say go into Google Analytics and you look at your direct visits, the likelihood and the amount of conversions that are coming through from direct visits is typically pretty high. So for example, like if I'm on Amazon and I'm looking for a tile, for my bathroom, or I'm looking for a tool, or I'm looking for anything in building products. I'm just using Amazon as an as an example. It could be Lowe's or Home Depot or your own website for that matter. The number one indicator if someone's gonna buy or the number the biggest indicator for purchase intent is do they know your name? That's really the key. That's why direct visits matters so much is people know your name in the marketplace. So we tend to focus on like, okay, how's our organic growth going? Organic traffic. How is our Paid advertising going. That's great. If you're seeing a dip in direct visits or you're seeing a decrease there, that's typically an indicator that something's happening in the marketplace that you need to be thinking about. How can you elevate the position of your brand? How can you get people to find you? Because to our previous point about your list, you've got to own your audience. You've got to be known in the space. And being known in the space, one of the best ways to measure that is direct visits. So it's very simple. Go to Google Analytics, go look at that acquisition tab on the left-hand side, and then go look down at there's organic, there's paid, and there should be direct visits. That's a really good place to just quickly measure that point.
1: The other thing direct traffic tells you is going back to what we were talking about with your list growth is, is your content valuable? If I found the information on your site valuable, I'm going to come back again, and I'm less likely to use Google the more often I come back to your site. So you'll actually see a pretty strong correlation between direct traffic and return users within Google Analytics. And that's a great metric to have. You obviously want to be bringing in new traffic and organic search. And all of those things are very important. We're not saying they're not. But if you're not bringing people back again and again, you're losing them somewhere. And that's something to be looked into.
0: I'm so glad you brought that up, Beth, because you know, when we do a lot of conversion analysis for our clients, like we're digging into the data to say, what does the data tell us about this customer journey or buyer intent, things of that nature. One thing that Google can tell you is it can map out for you, hey, well, what's the first touch point? What's the second touch point? And then what's the final touch point to become a lead? And oftentimes what happens is people will do self-discovery. They'll find you via social or they'll find you via organic. They'll find you from something else. And then they convert on direct. So that's why direct is such an important metric because it's a very good indicator for... They had a positive experience when they found you and such a positive experience that they're willing to convert. They're willing to become a lead. They're willing to purchase from you.
1: So Zach, let's say I'm a manufacturer and direct traffic growth was not on my radar for this year. Mm -hmm. How would you recommend I grow direct traffic? What strategy would you use? Oh,
0: that's such a good question because there's a lot of things that will drive direct traffic. Like if you think about you've got a print ad, for example, that could list your website that could drive you know, direct traffic. I don't think that, that would be a huge bump, but the thing about direct traffic that's a bit elusive about it, it's very hard to directly improve direct traffic. <laughs> you know, it's true.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. It's true.
0: It is. It's, it's really one of the best indicators for your brand, like the quality of your brand and how well you're known in the space. So one of the best things you can do is just improve your overall marketing, like improve the awareness of your brand in the space, you know, one thing you should be looking up at, this is a good point, is looking at your bounce rate. Because if you're seeing that somebody is coming to your site and they're leaving and they're not coming back like your second time visits, look at those pages where there's a high drop off rate, like there's a high bounce rate, there's a high drop off rate, and they're not doing anything past that point. That's also a pretty good indicator to say there's something we're missing here in our marketing. There's something we're missing on this page to not give our audience what they're looking for. So I would probably say two things is is focus on, and this is a hard one, is just focus on how do you build the awareness of your brand and products in the marketplace as much as possible. And secondarily, look at the pages on your site where you're, you've got high volume, but not high traction or high action, and look to find ways to give people more of what they're looking for. So maybe they find you on a product page or blog page, What's the next step that you can help them engage with or help them with? Maybe introduce chat or something like that. And then what you should see is hopefully over time, you're going to begin to see a positive uptick in that direct traffic. All right, great. And the final marketing metric that matters for 2020 is one that we are beginning to use a lot more with our clients. And we think that you should also be considering it. And a quick caveat here that this is probably one of the harder ones of the three, two measure, but it's an area where we would recommend you stretch yourself to begin to have conversations, but it's what we call CPA. CPA stands for cost per acquisition, which means how much does it cost your business to acquire that customer? But cost per acquisition is really, really important because it tells you how effective is your marketing at driving those leads. Now you might be saying, I can hear some of you right now, On the podcast saying well zach i can't figure that out because of x y and z and that's a very those points that you're bringing up in your head that you can't share with me on the podcast right now are very valid but the reason why cost per acquisition is really important is because it's forcing the conversation to measure your marketing with your team it's also forcing the conversation to say regardless of how the channel may change in how they purchase we're going to be measuring the things to get as close to our customer as possible That's why cost per acquisition is so important because it's going the direction that like this is so key. It's going the direction of consumer brands and going the direction of everything else online and understanding how every little piece of marketing matters, which frankly to building products hasn't gotten there yet. But if you can begin to etch away and look at cost per acquisition, it's when that shift happens in the next couple of years, or maybe it doesn't even happen, but it just helps your overall marketing now. You're gonna be so much more well positioned to attack the market because you already understand the numbers around, hey, well, if we pull this lever, we see increase here. If we decrease here, it's not gonna impact us. Like those are the things that cost per acquisition force and help you understand as a marketer.
1: This actually is a great number to have in mind, at least to be working towards. Again, we totally understand all of the roadblocks to getting to the true, true number, but. It is the crux of the question, how much should I spend on advertising? That is one of the most common questions we hear from manufacturers. If I'm going to do Google ads or I'm going to do LinkedIn ads, how much should I spend? And while there are some best practices, and it obviously depends on your product category and your cost per project and the price of your specific product and on and on, there's tons of other variables. Cost per acquisition is one of the most important metrics for you to know to be able to get a positive ROI on your ad spend. If you don't know how much it costs you to land the sale, not just get somebody to convert, but to land the sale, it's difficult to have a true understanding of the ROI in your ad spend and where your ceiling should be. I would even look at that at two ways, not just Are you not getting a positive ROI because you're spending too much? But is there a possibility that you're not spending enough on ads because you don't understand how low your cost per acquisition is and you could actually spend quite a lot more to get a much higher return on your investment?
0: So you you might be saying, well, well, how do I calculate cost per acquisition? And it's a good question. The, The most simple way to look at it is what is it the total cost, the total aggregate cost to acquire that customer. There's a lot of math out there that will break this down for you, but it's what's the cost of the campaign that you're running. So let's say you you spent $1,000 on a campaign and the total number of conversions or leads or sales from that campaign. So let's say you spent $1,000 on the campaign and you got 100 conversions. Well, that means that your cost per acquisition would be $10 per acquisition. In a true e-commerce setting, cost per acquisition is defined by the total cost of your campaign divided by the number of leads or sales that you've accumulated. So if I spent $1,000 on my campaign and I generated 100 sales, then my cost per acquisition would be $10, essentially $10 CPA. Right. The, the problem, and this is something Beth and I were talking about earlier, the problem with CPA and building products is that there's one extra step typically. And at you least. Might, at <laughs> least, if not more, right? Because <laughs> you're gonna spend money to acquire that lead. And then how much extra money or how many extra leads need to be delivered for your sales team, your rep, your dealer, whomever, to actually turn those leads into a sale, right? So you may be able to generate, you know, let's say three, four, five, ten leads, you know, at a certain amount. But then you only convert one out of every five of those leads to an actual sale. And that would then be, that's how you would then calculate your CPA. You essentially would take your cost per lead and you would multiply it by however many leads it takes to actually get a sale. Hopefully, we haven't lost you, but like that's why you've got to do these metrics because it will force you to understand well, man, maybe our leads aren't very good. Maybe we should focus on these leads and we'll get better return it also helps you understand your journey and and communicate more effectively with your sales team and your your channel partners too. Right, Beth?
1: Yeah. And the great part about building material products for a lot of manufacturers, not all, but we often have more wiggle room in our CPA than just your standard e-commerce experience because we're talking about much, much higher ticket items.
0: True. It's It's very, very true, which is great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so to your point, Beth, like if I have a $50,000 window package, I've got more room to acquire that customer.
1: Exactly, that's why it's important to look at the CPA from both are we spending too much and are we not spending enough? If your close rate is lower because your product offering is more high-end, then what can you do to bring in more leads so that your close rate can be where you need it to be in order to hit the right CPA?
0: Okay, to wrap things up again, Real quickly, the three marketing metrics that you need to be looking at in 2020 is your follower and list growth. So the number of people that you're following, that are following you and your list that's growing. Number two is direct traffic or direct site visits. So how many people are direct, they directly know your name and they're typing that into Google. And number three, it's your cost per acquisition, your CPA. So if you break it down in terms of the funnel, follower growth comes down to, do they like what I've got? Direct site visits or direct traffic is, do they want to come back for more? And CPA is, how much does it cost me to actually acquire that customer once I've got them? So it's all the way from awareness down to conversion. that's why we really think that these three are important because it covers the whole gamut of your marketing mix. Well, that's a wrap. Until next time, I'm Zach Williams alongside Beth poffing Thanks, everybody.
1: You've been listening to Smarter Building Materials Marketing with Zach Williams and Beth Popnikolov. To get the resources mentioned in this podcast, visit benvio.com forward slash podcast. Thank you for listening.